In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Christos Anesti. Christ is risen. Christos os crece. Amos Hicham. Christos Anfiat. Pascha, at this time of the liturgical year in the ancient church, this was the time, again, we talked about Great Lent being the time when people were preparing during Lent for to be baptized and received in the church. And these weeks after Pascha is in the ancient church when the hundreds, the thousands, even the tens of thousands would come and be baptized in the church. And so these Sundays after Pascha are continuing the lessons and the themes and the exhortations that were given to those who were preparing. And because these are so good for us to hear as those who are already Orthodox Christians, most of us here, that it is good for us to hear these words and to remember the most important things about our Orthodox Christian faith. So these hundreds, these thousands, these tens of thousands would come to the church, to the great church in the city, whatever big city it was, they would be baptized outside actually of the church, either in a pool or in, there might be even a separate building called a baptistry, appropriately called. They would be baptized there and they would come into the church and then the bishop would be there and the bishop would lay his hands upon those who were just baptized and by that they would receive the Holy Spirit. Now, because we do not have bishops and archbishops in every city, in every church that we have here, um, something else has taken its place. And that this is why we have the sacrament of chrismation. That when someone is baptized, then immediately they're anointed with the oils of chrism. This chrism that we have is, put to, is, is made in Constantinople every 10 years, is blessed, and the Holy Spirit is invoked upon it by the Patriarch of Constantinople. It is distributed to all the dioceses and to all the parishes, even to our parish here. I have a little bit of the chrism. And that is how most of you and me have received this the Holy Spirit, through our own baptism. Usually it's done at baptism, but in the soul, somehow the bishop, through this instrument, lays his hands on all of us and receive the Holy Spirit. This is the gift of baptism. And in the Orthodox Christian Church, baptism, your baptism, and the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, and especially Pascha, are inextricably linked. So this is why the next few Sundays, today and next Sunday, and the Sunday after, we're going to hear a lot about water. Today we hear about the pool of Bethesda, and this, these people going into the pools to find healing. Next week we hear about the blind man, who after Jesus... Uh, affixed the mud on his eyes, he went to the pool of Siloam and had the waters to remove his blindness and to be given spiritual and new and physical sight. And then finally after that, we have the woman at the well 
of St. Fontenay, and we hear about living waters. And then when we, those who receive these living waters, Orthodox Christian fathers and mothers of the church have recognized that he's talking about baptism from the very beginning of the church. So as you see, there's a theme that is progressing. Now there's something about waters that we need to recognize the kind of waters that actually heal our souls and bodies of the sins that afflict us, that that there are waters that are effective of forgiving us of our sins and healing us of our transgressions out of the baptismal waters and other physical waters and and mere um, waters that offer the healing of the body. Now this morning we hear about this paralytic, this poor guy who is at the pool of Bethesda waiting there for 38 years. And we know what happened. We know at this water there are crowds of people with various sicknesses, and the, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir the water, and whoever was brought into the water first would be healed of that malady that they had. This, I could just only, the only word I can attach to this kind of healing here is a lottery or some kind of race. And those who, we can imagine the sharp elbows of those who tr- are trying to get in to the waters first. And so, of course, this man was a paralytic, we hear today, and was not able to get into the waters. Now, there's something to know about the pools of Bethesda here. It offered physical healing to that one fortunate person. But what it did not offer was salvation. It did not offer the healing of sins. It did not heal the soul. It was not competent to do those things. Yet the crowds came and flocked among those waters. And there was competition And there was pushing and shoving. There must have been a thought, that person's gain is my loss. What am I going to do? What do I need to do to get it to be the first into the waters? Now, this pool of Bethesda, don't get me wrong, was a very good thing. An angel of the Lord himself went there and, and performed this miracle. It was a very good thing. But if people were not careful... It could be an impediment. It could be a rival to the real waters of salvation. It could be a rival to looking for salvation in God himself, in Christ himself. It could be a rival for the Jews of those days who were waiting for the coming of the Messiah to to look only towards his waters and forget the wider dreams and hopes and expectations of the, of the Israelite people that God himself had promised. God, in his plan, did not promise waters of salvation, at least the kind of the pool here at Bethesda. God promised us the Christ. The Christ is the effective one in healing our sins and healing us of our infirmities. If we look to Christ and go back to Him, He will never, ever forsake us. The waters of baptism that Christ and the Holy Spirit offers never runs out. Everyone who wants to enter 
will go into the waters of baptism. Everyone who goes into the waters of baptism will be healed of their sins because these waters are infused with God's power, God's mercy, God's purity, God's vision for us, and God's hope for us, and his hope is that we all become saved. So this paralytic, for 38 years, was waiting there by the side of this pool. And it was there that Christ went up to him and found him. And we know what Jesus says. He says to the paralytic, do you want to be healed? Now it's interesting to note that the paralytic did not simply say, yes, Lord, please heal me. What did he do? He complained. He lamented. He says, whenever I try and go, someone goes there before me. He was fixated on his constant loss. He was fixated on his failure. He was fixated that once again he had to keep going on because by his own efforts he could not get into the water and he was always destined to fail. Now this is an image of those who try and heal their own souls and try to to repent by constantly making New Year's type resolutions of, of promising to be more to be stronger and to be wiser and to to be more in control of themselves. And these things are yes are important. But ultimately, in addition to those things, we need Christ to heal us. We need to constantly keep going back to Christ. And it says in one of the prayers of the liturgy this morning that those who go to Christ, Christ will never, ever forsake them. So it was there that Christ found the paralytic and that Jesus Christ is the only effective source of our salvation and the only effective source for the healing of our sins. Now there's a question to ponder. And I don't have an answer to this question, but it's something to think about. What happened to all the previous lottery winners the years before who were able to get into the pool and they were healed? When they reposed, when they died, what, 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 how will they stand before the awesome judgment seat? Will some have repented and learned about the power of God and found the Christ when the time came? And, and, and thus enter into the kingdom of heaven? Or were some healed and merely went on to their, their usual ways of whatever that was? Jesus says that the cause of this paralytic, paralytic, paralytic's problem was his sin. We can have our bodies healed. We can have all of our physical maladies solved. But if our sins are not forgiven and if this, our sinfulness is not healed, all of that is for nothing. So it turns out that the paralytic did not need the pool of the waters of Bethesda after all. All that time for 38 years, he was barking up the wrong tree. Now usually that term, barking up the wrong tree, is used for romantic pursuits, I think. But there's also a spiritual barking up the wrong tree. 
And we need to make sure that we are looking to the right source for the solution to our sin and the forgiveness and the healing of our sins, which is Christ himself, and not bark up the, whole, the wrong trees, which are, there's so many, there's a forest of wrong trees out in the world that we can bark up. But there's only one true Christ, one true Savior, one physician of our souls, one Lord, one God, one who is our God, and there is one God that deserves to be our God, the people of the Orthodox Church. Conversion, I'm going to end with this. Conversion, I heard one father say, is leaving what does not work for what does work. Conversion is stopping barking up the wrong tree and going to the tree of life and looking to Christ all the time for the spiritual maladies that afflict us. And let us always, always remember that Christ is in our midst and that he was and is and ever shall be and that he wants to, all of us to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. Christ is risen. Thank <laughs> you.